It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Today on Parts Per Billion, building a better mosquito trap, or to put it another way, better living through genetic engineering. We take a look at the environmental impacts of GMO mosquitoes, which may be flying by you very soon. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So I'm just going to come right out and say it. I hate mosquitoes. I hate them. I hate everything about them. But you know who hates mosquitoes even more than I do? The British biotech company, Oxitec. They've developed a way to genetically engineer mosquitoes to make them essentially unable to produce fertile offspring, which in theory reduces their numbers across entire populations. It's pretty cutting-edge stuff that's already been deployed in other countries, and now the EPA just gave them the go-ahead to test these mosquitoes here in the U.S. And with us today to talk about all the implications of this is environmental reporter Adam Allington. Adam, how are you? Doing pretty good, David. As good as could be expected these days. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, Before we get into what's going on with these specific mosquitoes, let's remind people what genetic modification is and how it's been used in the past in agriculture. You know, we, we hear GMOs and we think we know what that is, but do we know what a GMO actually is? Yeah, genetic engineering has actually been around for a while, and it's uh, quite common in, in a number of uh, basic food crops. Um, uh, everything from soybeans to corn to canola um, and even, um, you know, even salmon have been genetically engineered to grow larger and mature faster, but your typical genetic engineering case in in you know your in your grocery basket would be some of those some of those food items that i mentioned that have been genetically engineered for things like herbicide resistance insect resistance uh, drought tolerance things that help the plant either resist a pesticide so you can spray and knock down the weeds or the plant will be resistant to you know these other uh, pests or or stresses in the environment right so it's mainly just sort of an agricultural benefit where you go into to a crop and you tweak some of the parts of the genome and make it, you know, a better crop for farmers. That's right. That's exactly right. But this is not that. It's like this is something that's totally different. Like what's going on with these mosquitoes? Well, so here uh, instead of, you know, tweaking uh, the genome on uh, a corn uh a corn variety. So what Oxitec is doing here is they're genetically engineering male mosquitoes from a species called Aedes aegypti. This is a very common mosquito um, found in many places in the world, but they're genetically engineering the males. When they release these genetically engineered males into the wild, they mate with wild female mosquitoes, but only the male mosquitoes are able to survive. So the population then decreases as the number of females is reduced. Wow. So, okay, let me just make sure I understand. So the mosquitoes are engineered so that only their male offspring survives. And that means you have a whole generation where it's just male mosquitoes. So, and obviously they're not breeding with each other. And then 
you have populations that that go down is that the general idea that's the general idea these mosquitoes are genetically engineered so that only male offspring survive in fact oxitec's first field test of its uh second generation mosquitoes uh were released in brazil a few years back and the company says they achieved a 96 percent suppression of the target uh the target species the mosquitoes that um they're trying to reduce the population so that's quite significant yeah and we should say here you know why they're doing this i mean obviously as i mentioned at the top i don't like mosquitoes i find them really annoying but they're a little more than annoying for a lot of people in the world uh they spread lots of really really bad diseases i've actually heard some people say that mosquitoes are the deadliest animal in the world at least for humans um so tamping down mosquito populations could have huge public health impacts right right i mean that's the whole reason for this entire uh this entire project is to reduce mosquito populations and thereby provide a tool for public health uh, uh, workers to to fight these infectious diseases that are transferred through mosquito bites and you're right i mean mosquitoes are, are commonly referred to as the most dangerous uh animal in the world you know uh, they transmit uh, diseases like uh, Zika virus, yellow fever, dengue fever. I mean, dengue fever alone, um, you know, in, impacts hundreds of thousands of people per year um, and, you know, causes somewhere, you know, between 25,000, 30,000 deaths. So, oh, and also, by the way, let's, let's not, uh, let's not forget malaria. That's, that's kind of a big one. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't forget malaria. I mean, uh, you know, it's just a really uh, in in a lot of countries where people don't have access to uh, ready access to medicine or healthcare. These mosquito-borne Ill illnesses are are quite deadly, and finding a way to limit mosquito populations would would be a significant tool that public health experts could could use. And that's why this uh, there's so much interest in this mosquito project specifically. But your story talked about how the EPA um, gave this uh, company uh, the go-ahead to start doing field tests in the, the Florida Keys and also later on in the Houston area. So if the EPA is involved, that must mean there are some environmental issues here. And I think it's pretty obvious to see what they might be. I mean, basically driving a particular species of animal to near extinction on purpose, uh, I mean... Just that alone would be something that would raise some eyebrows. Right. Well, that's the, you know, that's, you're kind of hitting on the key concern here is that anytime you release, uh, you know, man-made genetic material into the environment and, and you know, in a way that wasn't, uh, it wasn't designed to be introduced naturally, there are significant concerns of unintended consequences. I mean, and mosquitoes, and I know you hate them, David, but like, you know, they are part of the, uh, a big part of the uh, food chain in a lot of these ecosystems as well. They're food for birds, uh, lots of other mammals. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean, also, the, there's a, you know, a, a not completely unfounded concern that, you know, once once you start cross mixing um, genes between these genetically between genetically engineered species and wild species, that there there could be some unintended hybridization, cause you know causing potential um, you know properties that we didn't want that would actually make insects or weeds more resistant to pesticides. Um, 
or that some of these mosquitoes could conversely end up being better vectors for spreading disease if they are resistant to insecticides or ways we would have of controlling the population. You hear about, uh, you know, uh, hybrid monster mosquitoes, things like that. And to be clear, EPA has looked into this. They haven't said exactly how they're, you know, what they've done, but they have said they've looked into this issue and they say it's it's not not likely to be a factor. It wouldn't be a factor in this case. They've deemed it to be safe, and that's why they've agreed to give Oxitec this experimental use permit. All right. Well, we're going to get a little bit more into what the EPA is doing to make sure there's no uh, uh, sort of Jurassic Park scenario um, on our hands here. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break, so uh, stay with us, and we'll get more into this uh, in just a bit. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. We are back and we're with Adam Allenton, an environmental reporter who covers uh, agriculture and GMOs. And we're talking about GMO mosquitoes uh, and the EPA's recent granting to uh, a biotech company to start conducting field tests of a new GMO mosquito. And uh, one of the things I got from your story, Adam, is that the field tests uh, initially will be taking place on the Florida Keys, which are a, you know, of course, an isolated uh, set of islands. That makes me think that there is still some concern. The fact that this is taking place on an island makes me think there's some concern that there will be some uh, unintentional, uh, I guess, uh, GMO mosquito who could, you know, fly out of the range and mate with, you know, uh, wild mosquitoes unintentionally. Um, is that a possibility? Is that something that people are worried about and that the the EPA is is taking uh, precautions for? Well, clearly, I think anytime you try something like this that hasn't been done before, you want to uh, do it in a way that's controlled uh as controlled as possible with as little, with as few risks. Uh, I can't say exactly why they chose the Florida Keys as as one of their their main test sites. I, I believe it has something to do with the presence of the mosquitoes in that population. Yeah, that makes they sense. They also, I'm sure, want to have a system that they can easily study the the you know the the impacts in a controlled way. So an island is a good way to do that. But it should be noted they're also planning to do this, you know, the next year in Houston. So that's, uh, you know, and the, with the ultimate goal to release these mosquitoes into the wild and in lots of other places. So that is the final goal here is to use these mosquitoes as as a as a tool to crossbreed with wild populations. I think that at the start, though, they want to do it in a way that's as controlled as possible, where they can clearly study the cause and effect impacts. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, though. I, I just I can't imagine that after they release these in Houston, that there's no I, I have to imagine that there will be some that will mate with uh, other mosquitoes outside of the Houston area. And, they'll, you know, it, well, they they are trying to crossbreed these or they are trying to get these genetically engineered mosquitoes to mate with the with the native population. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's the, that's the whole point of this. Uh, <laughs> the whole point of this test. Right. I mean, they want to they want to see what the they want to get a a, a, um, a number on what the population is before they release and then what it is after. And then they'll measure the the total amount of the population after that and determine what 
what the effect was of introducing those species. So, um, you know, it does have the potential to really uh, alter the, you know, the, how these, you know, how many of these species are able to to exist in a certain area. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about is a potential backlash here because, you know, we've had uh, GMOs uh, crops, as we mentioned earlier, uh, on the market for 20 or probably more years. Uh, you know, some people still aren't comfortable with that. Um, but I feel like GMO animals is like another, a whole other level. Um, and there could be, you know, a big stigma against this. Yeah, Oxitec has actually been trying to get this field test approved in in Florida for for you know several years now, and and people in those communities have spoken out quite strongly that they don't want these genetically engineered species released into their environment. They're concerned that um, you know anytime you're talking about releasing these new traits, you could something could go sideways. In fact, it's actually. This, this phenomenon is called horizontal gene transfer, where a genetically engineered species, uh, species transfers its traits into other species. And this could be something like antibiotic resistance um, that puts humans at risk or animals at risk. Uh, there could be ecological imbalances, um, allowing certain plants to grow uncontrolled uh, while others die out. Um, and so there's just a lot of moving parts to this issue. And, you know, environmental groups have uh, spoken out quite strongly in, in, in against this in some cases. Um, obviously, in terms of the food in our grocery carts, genetically engineered uh, food crops have been had a stigma attached to them for a long time now. So, I mean, this is just a very, you know, this is the definition of a hot button issue where um, the science is uh, is a factor in the debate, but a lot of people have just a feeling that this is too risky. And so that's what the company is trying to do, what EPA is stuck in the middle of. And, um, you know, we're just going to see how it plays out at this point. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, that's one of the main reasons why I'm so interested in this is because, you know, this isn't a situation where the the you know the benefit of the 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 genetic modification goes to the farmer mainly and the potential risks could be you know unknown this is a situation where the benefit of you know genetically engineering these mosquitoes would go to everyone and so i think that really kind of scrambles the the politics here because you know these uh, you know if these uh, gmo mosquitoes really work as advertised this could be a game changer for public health. And so I, I wonder how much that's going to change the debate uh, around these mosquitoes compared to, you know, let's say GMO corn or GMO soy or things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, a public health application is another is a completely different uh, species, if you will, uh, versus, <laughs> yeah. say, a, a you know, um, a better tasting potato. I mean, obviously with food crops, another one of the concerns that that um, anti-GMO activists point to is the fact that, you know, uh, companies, once they've genetically engineered a trait into a seed, they can claim ownership of that organism. And that kind of creates, um, that gives them extreme leverage on farmers to, um, you know, to switch over to their their product and drives up costs. It promotes monocultures. But in a public health setting, it's kind of unknown territory here, you know, and, and what the public reaction would be 
if all of a sudden we see dramatic reduce uh, reductions in some of these uh, mosquito-borne illnesses. I don't think anyone would say that's a bad thing. Obviously, um, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see if there are, if there are drawbacks. But at this point, I think that's that's something a lot of people would be would welcome with open arms. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check out our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com. And also, if you like hearing uh, Adam Allington talking about insects, uh, check out his podcast, The Business of Bees, which is uh, him talking about another insect, bees, of course. Uh, It is fantastic. I definitely recommend it. Um, Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself, along with Josh Block and Marissa Horn. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. Music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Buzz Sting by Dave Houston. Jamie Fiquette, Brian Lester, and Samuel Slater. They were used under a Creative Commons license. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.